the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Who are you? Or who am I? This is a pressing question in our time. The search for identity has two components to it. We want to be unique and valuable individuals, not just nameless, faceless parts of a crowd. But we also want to belong somewhere. I want to be me, but I also want to be part of something larger than me. Christian faith answers these two identity questions in baptism. Baptism recreates each of us as unique children of God and members of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives each of us unique gifts of the Spirit, but also binds us together as one in the body of Christ. However, just because you were baptized or had an experience of conversion doesn't mean that you will have a strong sense of your identity in Christ. Our baptismal identity must be developed through our prayer and through our participation in the life and ministry of the church. We can't grow as children without staying connected to the Father. We can't grow as members of the body without staying connected to the body. How can we discern and use our gifts unless we have somebody to give them to? The identity provided by baptism and the gift of the Spirit stand in contrast with the identity provided by our world. The world tells us to create our own identity, to look within ourselves at our own thoughts and feelings and desires and decide for ourselves who we want to be. But this leads us into a false sense of identity. The Bible reveals to us that our inner self is naturally disordered because of sin. It must be redeemed, recreated, and reordered by the Holy Spirit. Thus, if we follow the natural inclinations of our inner selves, we will end up with a false identity, a false sense of self. This is why Christian identity begins with repentance. We turn away from our disordered self through repentance, and we turn towards Christ in faith to discover our true identity, our true selves. The lessons for the second Sunday after the Epiphany highlight the two aspects of our identity. The baptism of Jesus reveals who Jesus is. Consequently, it reveals who we are, because we are literally baptized into Christ. As Jesus emerged from the water and the Spirit descended upon him, the Father declared his true identity. You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. This becomes our new identity through baptism. 
the Spirit of God descends upon us through the sign of water, God declares us to be his beloved children. As Romans 8, verses 15 and 16 says, You received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Our new identity as God's children in Christ makes us heirs of God's kingdom. Children inherit the Father's stuff. And it gives us a vocation to live as Jesus lived. Romans 8.17 says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. After Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted or tested. And the devil began the temptations by saying, if you are the son of God, the temptation was to use his power as God's son to fulfill his own immediate desires and become more popular or powerful in the world. The first humans and old covenant Israel failed this very same test. Jesus reveals himself to be God's true son through his faithfulness and his obedience. As we persevere in repentance, faith, and obedience through our trials and tests, we are revealed to be God's true children. And this vocation stands in contrast with the vocation that comes from our self-created identities. If you determine who you are by looking within yourself rather than looking to God, you will pursue the things that faith identifies as temptations. You will not renounce the world, the flesh, and the devil. You will, in fact, embrace all three. And this is why people in our time are so anxious, discontented, and unhappy. The self-created identity is false, and it cannot be satisfied by what it wants and craves. This reminds me of Father David's quip. He was a self-made man who had a fool for his maker. The identity promoted by the world is derived from the pattern of the evil one. He was the first created being to utter the lie that he could be whoever he wanted to be. The epistle highlights the other aspect of our identity who we are in relationship to others. Romans says that we have gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. The epistle lists a number of spiritual gifts, prophecy or inspired speaking, faith, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving money, leadership, and mercy. We participate in the redemptive work of Christ in the world through our faithful exercise of the spiritual gifts that Jesus has given to us. We say no to the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil 
so that we can say yes to serving God and his people through our gifts. Our spiritual gifts free us from the world's excessive focus on what I need and want. They move us from self-centeredness and isolation into generosity and connection with others. And paradoxically, this ends up meeting our needs. Consider the math. When I think mostly about what I need, I have one person looking out for what I need. But when I am connected to the reciprocity of giving in the body of Christ, I have many others who are also looking out for my good. In the body of Christ, we discover our true identity as givers, and we also become the recipients of many gifts. As Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and running over, we put into your bosom. We struggle at times to embrace our identity as children of God because we forget the truth and grace of our baptism. The challenges and temptations of life draw us away from God and from connection to his body, and they pull us in to the anxiety and isolation of the world. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me because we are forgetful people. Through the liturgies of the church and constant prayer, we remember and experience again the grace of our baptism. We grow into our identity as God's beloved children and gifted members of the body of Christ. And since our identity has both individual and corporate aspects to it, prayer is necessarily a corporate activity. This is the reason that the epistle to the Hebrews says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the habit of some is. The second Sunday at the Epiphany reveals <clears throat> Christ to us in his baptism. And in this revelation, it reveals to us our own true identity. As the Catechism in the Book of Common Prayer says, in baptism I was made a member of Christ, the child of God, and an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. As Galatians says, God has sent forth the spirit of the Son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The second Sunday after the Epiphany reminds us that with the gift of the Holy Spirit, each of us has received gifts of the Holy Spirit. We discover and grow into our true identity by serving the body with the gifts we have been given. We are not an only child. We are members of the family of God. As First Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.